0: Greetings. Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael. We continue our Meet the Novices series with Brother Diego Maria. Now, Brother Diego Maria has a very powerful vocation story. It includes a difficult upbringing in childhood and relationship with his own father, but a very powerful story of forgiveness and how forgiveness was for him a kind of key to unlocking hearing God's voice and promptings in his life. Talks a little bit about how a trip to Scotland uh, in his college days really opened a particular way religious life and priesthood. A little bit about his own spirituality and the connection with the Dominican spirituality. In particular, we break down the Angelic Warfare Confraternity, which is a very powerful uh, group and spiritual association, especially uh, for uh, young men, but also for for women uh, around purity of mind and heart. And then he concludes by sharing with us his very favorite dish, his favorite meal, which he himself has prepared here uh, for us uh, at St. Dominic's. So whether you're on the go or taking it slow, many, many blessings as you enjoy today's show. Greetings. Welcome to St. Dominic's Weekly. This is Father Michael, and I am so excited that we have one of our installments of Meet the Novices today. I am uh, sitting here with uh, Brother Diego Maria uh, Carrasco. Yes, sir. Is, is that, did I did I get the? Yeah, did get, did I get the awesome. double R? Yeah, you got the double R-, 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 R. I love the double you R. R-, R-, R- the double you got the R- motorcycle R- one there. <laughs> I got the rev. <laughs> <laughs> That's always yeah the a.
1: rev. There you go. <laughs> That's one thing
0: about there, I, I, I'm not obviously fluent in Spanish, but you know, being on the West Coast, you can't help doing that. But that there's, there's yeah. a little musicality there. That, right. Double the, the yeah. R is Carrasco. Now, I also think Brother Diego maybe just to start right there that that is a religious name that you chose is that right or at least you yes. were open to and, and suggestive and it, it it was it was uh, you were bestowed that name yeah absolutely maybe say a little bit so uh is it from uh blessed diego
1: yes juan diego juan diego yes and i i
0: love it thinking about the double r's um in that apparition which jump i love how we jump right into the deep end when <laughs> mary appears to blessed diego isn't there a, a line where she calls him by a kind of diminutive, like, Dieguito? She, no? call,
1: she calls him Juanito.
0: Juanito, yeah, okay. Allegedly just, she calls him Juanito. Juanito. Is, there must be a translation too. It's like little Dieguito. Yeah. Like you said, like she's like like, yeah. like, like he's like her son.
1: Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, you know, it's actually a very profound mm. uh, thing that she does that. Yeah. Uh, because uh, coming from a Hispanic background, yeah. you know, to call someone by that kind of sort of a pet name yeah. is very enduring. Yeah, And there's also, there's an ownership in that when our lady sort of, you know, when she looks at Juan Diego and say, calls her uh, uh, my Juanito, yeah. That's, it's, a, it's an absolute uh, sort of sign of love mm. and sign that she's totally human. And the sign that she's totally relating to him on his human level and relating to the rest of us because, I mean, we all know that story. Part of the reason why I chose the name is because of my love for Our Lady yeah, and how she has kind of taken me under her wing, uh, you know, in in life and sort of revealed herself uh, in a very human way, which is something Jesus has also done in my life is just being very human.
0: Nice. And maybe say, so so, no, maybe that's the thread to follow. So you're from Texas, right? I'm from Texas. Yeah. Alpine,
1: Texas. Alpine. Yeah. Is that are there trees in alpine? Uh, are there alpine not really. trees, really. Okay. No, there's no alpine trees, <laughs> but there's plenty of cactus and okay. cacti. And uh, is it high desert or what? I, 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 I high I desert. Don't know. It's definitely desert area. Okay, uh, really beautiful desert area. Of course, I, I love the desert. Very hot, very, uh, very dry heat, but a lot of really uh, beautiful wildlife. And mm-hmm. it's definitely. Uh, um, I'm always reminded of Christ in the desert, Oh, and nice. and how uh, even though it was.
0: The temptations you're thinking, or just any of the times that he goes kind I think of away the, to mark more to
1: the Yeah, more to prayer, more okay. more of the spiritual edification that he mm-hmm. found in the desert. You yeah. know, a lot of people are afraid of the desert, but I grew up there. So for me, it's a spiritually edifying place. It's where we find God. It's where we go to draw closer to our Lord.
0: You, you've, you've ever seen, sorry, this total side tangent, Lawrence of Arabia? I have not, oh my goodness see this <laughs> you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get on my old man like seat here, right <laughs> <laughs> you know this is Lawrence of Arabia, it's all about it's 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 a, it's about an English uh, you know uh, army guy but anyway, anyway ends up embedded with the Bedouins and and sure. trying to but it's it's all about the desert there's a there's a line where <laughs> where they ask him, why do you love the desert? Mm. these are these are the, the Arabs themselves and he says, you know, there's nothing in the desert. No one needs nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, nothing, but the desert is, is is certainly, as you say, uh, both literally, but even in kind of spiritually, symbolically, a place where we encounter the Lord and where the Lord has called forth others. Yeah. And when religious life, early on, once it becomes um, at least sanctioned by the state, the idea that in order to truly live a heroic life where martyrdom is is not perhaps uh, culturally either possible or at least people aren't being persecuted overtly. Going to the desert is a place to reconnect, rekindle, and to be mm-hmm. animated by the spirit. Yeah. So from the desert, yes. from the day from the desert. Absolutely. I like that. So call yeah. from the desert. So would you do? You come from? A, you mentioned how Our Lady in her kind of that that human calling in your own human nature. What uh, what did you come from? A Catholic family or what was your kind of your your, your upbringing in terms? Yeah, of Yeah. So
1: I was actually raised. raised by my grandparents. Okay. Uh, my mother unfortunately passed away when I was one year old. Mm. and my father was incarcerated shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, her parents, uh, my mother's parents raised me and they were faithful Catholics in the midst of their own suffering and loss. Yeah, They continued going to church and continued believing in God and having faith in God and they never hid the truth from me. Mm. And they always um, tell me that God has a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up having a very strong sense of trust and love in God. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we went to church every Sunday. Yeah, you know, you can't really talk high theology with my grandparents. It's very simple. It's, yeah, you know, be faithful and be good. Yeah, and um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the environment I grew up in. I, I yeah, grew up every day watching my grandfather pray his daily prayers from his uh, um, lazy boy. Yeah, and that has stuck with me ever since then. I. I become a man of prayer and I've become a, a, a man of God because of their faithful witness in the midst of their suffering.
0: Wow. And not, you know, having, I've seen your grandparents be formative for you, but not having a, a mom in that way. Mm-hmm. Do you think that sense of your devotion to the Blessed Mother is connected to that? Because I know like St. Paul, Joe Paul II had yeah. a similar sort of Sure. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Actually. Yeah. Well, the first time I visited the Vatican. Yeah. Yeah um i was told the story of how jp2 had yeah. the uh statue the pieta statue mm-hmm. moved to this uh next to the sacristy yeah. because he had such a love for his blessed mother cuz he himself also lost his mother when he was younger mm-hmm. and that's actually my favorite image and statue of uh our blessed mother oh is it really is uh is the pieta you know mm. it's 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 her in the midst of her suffering yeah And uh, my mother was taken away from me at a very young age. And so uh, my life has always been marked by suffering, going back to the sort of the desert kind of thing. Hmm. um, I feel like these things, although very tragic, have also been very enriching. Salvation comes from the cross. Salvation comes from Christ's death. And so um, I felt like in that way, Our Lady has always been very uh, human to me. So has Christ, the very... uh, reaching out to me in the middle of my suffering. And because my, my relationship with my mom has been, you know, uh, the great chasm of death, you know, so I'm always, you know, I've always asked my mother for her intercession of pray for her soul still do. And so that just kind of, it made it very easy for me to have a relationship with our lady because she is also, you know, you know, beyond the, the chasm of death or yeah. you know in you know in in heaven with with Christ and so it was it's very easy for me to relate to Our Lady in that way that she's a mother who's not necessarily physically here with me on earth but in a very deep spiritual way present to me
0: sure someone so. to, to turn to for intercession for support. Absolutely, for, for support encouragement yeah. <laughs> one of the beautiful lines from the catechism that I oft quote uh, because I think it really is just beautiful is our prayers for our beloved departed. Make their prayers for us effective, mm. and I think how beautiful that is that yeah. that uh, death certainly separates us in, in a real physical way, and yet it doesn't end the relationship. Yeah, but gives it a new direction, sure. new focus, absolutely. And that our prayers are. The uh, conduit through mm-hmm. which, or the yeah. the connective tissue, sure, that, absolutely, and, and you have real experiences through certainly your mother, who obviously you never met yeah, or yeah. have no and no no, no, me- no memories, all. no yeah. anything, but for absolutely. for her, yeah. the, almost like the Blessed Virgin Mary, there's that sense in which you certainly, I'm sure, pray for her soul, but that your prayers for her make her prayers for you, whatever that looks like effective and in, in no mm-hmm. doubt entrusting you to, to our lady and certainly yes. her parents, but yeah, but, yeah. but that sense Absolutely. of our, our lady. What about your relationship with, with your dad? Where's that at at this point? Obviously, Yeah. Raise yeah. So, uh,
1: my father yeah. has struggled with, uh, alcohol addiction all his life. Yeah. Um, or perhaps, well, I don't really know the ins and outs of it, but sure. perhaps probably drug addiction, but, yeah. um, Yeah, so he was kind of in and out of prison my whole life. Mm. Was never really stable enough to take care of his son, and uh, so he would kind of come in and out of my life during times when he was out of prison and things like that. Um, Currently, he's doing well. He's he's found a lot of uh, healing and freedom, I think. Yeah, um, in in his older age. Sure. And uh, right now, you know, my dad and I are, are. building our relationship for the first time really nice and uh which is nice because i can kind of you know as a kid you're very angry about you know you know your dad not being there or whatever as an adult i've had time i've had enough time to process that and to learn how to forgive and and find healing so now i can just focus on my relationship with with my father and and uh you know he's going to be here at saint dominic's in uh few weeks oh wow okay so I'm excited for him to come and, and yeah. kind of enter into this world you know uh St. Dominic's and uh, the Dominicans have become a new family for me sure so it's gonna it's really exciting for me to him for have to have him come and visit and, and
0: yeah. what what's do you know his expected like is he supportive of you <laughs> putting yeah. on donning the white or yeah, is he yeah. trepidation well, what, what would you say
1: yeah I don't know if my dad really understands all of this sure. and he's of course. I mean he's always told me that he's Catholic but he's yeah. he's not uh he's you know not extremely faithful yeah uh you know, we're all on a journey. Sure. Um, but he's, um, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've talked to him about the priesthood and things like that and he's a little weary of it, but, uh, I think, I think he's warming up to it. I think he's just happy that I'm doing good. Yes. Happy that I'm not following a a negative road or, you know, living a a very sinful life. He's happy that I'm doing something good. Nice. And that I'm trying to, uh, you know, better myself through education or whatever yeah, and uh, becoming a Dominican. And so
0: most parents, I'm sure, you know, once they get, even if they're trepidatious, unless they have a negative experience with the church or religious life or priesthood, Mm it's more like, like you're saying, it's kind of like not quite sure what it's all about. But sure. They just want the best for you. And they're mm-hmm. like, as long as this isn't some kind of strange mind control cult or something, yeah, yeah, or they, exactly. yeah, yeah. they get to meet the community like, oh yeah, the kid he's a regular guy. I mean, there's, yeah. our, you know, guys striving for holiness, preaching for the salvation of soul, but not denying just how to put it good to common sense and, and, sure, yeah. and and fraternity and, and have mm-hmm. a sense of joy and spirit of life. Yeah. So, so good. I'm hopeful for that. What would you say? Cause this is something which comes about and just part of everyone's life. And if you don't mind sharing just a little bit about this, what might be one principle or or two that how is it to even approach being able to find healing with such an intimate relationship like with your dad you said you mentioned yeah. forgiving what it, what what would you say to someone who's like gosh i've i've got a family member or i'm uh, someone close to me and i really feel hurt betrayed and, and so forth how do you even approach forgiving like what's what's the first thing to do like what what was what yeah. was part of your own journey that you would pass along to someone to be helpful in yeah. terms of even I'm not saying all the way there because freaking forgiveness seems like a process, but what what might you say to be helpful?
1: yeah, I think the number one thing is to realize yeah. how much God has forgiven you mm. because we're we're all sinful in yeah. some way, and we've all fallen short the glory of God, yeah, and yet God sent his Son to die for us on the cross mm-hmm. that's the extent of his love and forgiveness and yeah. so if God can be so kind and generous to me, yeah then I should also have that same response. And I think it's not so much of like, it's not this kind of thing where it's like, well, God's forgiven me. So I should, you know, go out and forgive Mm -hmm. everyone else. No, it's if you've really experienced God's love and mercy Mm -hmm. and really experienced the forgiveness. Yeah. There is an overwhelming desire to, to be forgiving to others because uh, of this awesome love and this awesome forgiveness that God gives us. Yeah. And so I'm just like the, uh, the woman who, you know, cleans Jesus feet uh, with her tears. Mm. Um, you know, those who have been forgiven much love much. And so I think, and I think we've all, uh, are forgiven much. Yeah. And I think we all need to find it within ourselves to really embrace that forgiveness. And from that, I think that's really where the, the, the yeah, the fountain of having a forgiving heart comes from is really knowing that you yourself are forgiven.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And it really, I mean, we obviously pray that in the Our Father, right?
1: So we say,
0: forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. Yeah, yeah.
1: So you actually set out our (laughs) own measuring stick for that. (laughs) We we do,
0: but I I love how you said that, that, or at least implied that we can do that in a kind of, or at least imagine that's a kind of transactional sort of uh, thing, uh, thing where it's just like, okay, I'm going to check the box here so that Mm, God checks it. But what you're talking about is opening yourself up to an experience of God's mercy, Mm -hmm. naming it, reflecting upon it, meditating Mm -hmm. on it, and then living from it. That's Mm -hmm. not just a transactional thing. That's like you're moved, like the the woman, as you said, who was moved to tears by her own experience of Jesus and having forgiven. Mm -hmm. How could she not? But you know, be just as forgiving, Yeah, be the mm-hmm. instrument of forgiveness, or kind of a uh, play it forward, so to speak, in, in sure. terms of that. So, so in order to kind of come to that place with your dad to to the experience of forgiveness in your own life, which mm-hmm. kind of almost not spontaneous might be too strong a word, but in a sense, it kind of it gives a kind of gravity towards sure. forgiving others. And sure. I, I love that too because it's not just it follows that wonderful spiritual principle. That our spiritual life and virtue isn't simply a matter of our our willpower. Like, okay, now yeah. I'm going to do this. It's not a matter of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, if virtue was knowledge, then the smartest person would be would also be the, the most, most virtuous. Yeah, yeah, the holy. But that's Another not one, yeah. that's that's not true yeah. demonstrably, right? True. So it's not a matter yeah. of that knowing. But you're saying that experience of mm-hmm. having been forgiven leads us to. Yeah forgive others. Sure. Um, and that's that. No, that's, that's, that's beautiful. That's, that's kind of living the, our father, living that Lord's yeah. prayer in yeah. that way. <laughs> beautiful. Speaking of, of growing in knowledge, you certainly sure. have that, that background, um, Ray uh, being raised Catholic by your grandparents, but then you went off to a, a little, uh, college or experience that was uh, formed by Franciscans so the Franciscan University of Stumo is that right yes yeah and and how did that maybe advance kind of your vocation or open you up to it especially I guess the obvious at least from my perspective is you went to a Franciscan school and you've ostensibly ended up with a Dominican yeah. vocation so how yeah how did, how did that how did that work
1: <laughs> yeah well um obviously the short answer is that God provides. (laughs) I mean, you know, one (laughs) thing leads to another. And so God... You go from the
0: the good to the best? Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) it. No, (laughs) I'm joking.
1: Um, No, I guess to give a little bit of more backstory, I was uh, first attending university back home in Alpine. There's a a school there called Sal State University. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was a communication major. I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really taking school seriously. And so as I kind of uh, began to mature as a person. I also began to mature in my faith and my spirituality. And I realized that God, I felt like he was calling me to something greater. Hmm. Uh, and ultimately I think it was, he was calling me to the, to the priesthood and to religious life. Yeah. So I, I felt like I really needed to go somewhere where I could really nurture that con- sort of, you know, that, that sense or that calling. And uh, I had heard about Franciscan University from uh, the conferences that I had attended, the youth conferences, and uh, also just from friends who had, you know, they knew about the university. Um, And so, yeah, so I I had prayed about it and I decided, you know, that's a really good place where I could learn philosophy and theology. And they also have a a priestly discernment program there for young men who are discerning the priesthood where they can live in community, pray together and, and, and sort of be under the guidance of spiritual rectors and formators and things like that. Um, so it just seemed like a really uh, a good move for me to do. And so, so yeah, being at Franciscan University was, was super formative for me, uh, just living at, amongst people who are also seeking holiness, seeking faith, and, and uh, you know, growing in the Lord. And then also just, you know, the the awesome professors that are there, people like Scott Hahn and yeah. Dr. John Bergsma and uh, uh, Donald Ashey, you know, all of these amazing classes that really are intellectually – formative but in a way also spiritually you know formative yeah so uh, yeah it was actually at Franciscan University they have a massive uh, vocations fair every year uh, where um, all kinds of rep- representatives from different religious orders or dioceses or whatever come yeah. and the students can walk around and just talk to the vocations directors yeah. and uh, that's where I met Father Stephen Maria okay I also had a few friends who were discerning the Dominicans there so that's where I really got to know about the Dominican charism of preaching for the salvation of souls and yeah, one thing just it kind of led to another. I I realized that what what is really sort of driving me towards the priesthood and towards religious life is 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 the salvation of souls specifically, mm, yeah, and specifically through preaching. I feel like that's nice. always been something. I'm not the best preacher in the world, but it's something I've always enjoyed. Something yeah. I'm always passionate about. Yeah, and so making that my life just seemed, uh, it it just seemed, uh, it just seemed like what it, I wanted. A to fit, do, yeah, a fit, a perfect yeah. fit for me. So, so yeah, so that's how we
0: nice so you meant, so, so then i know that 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 vocation weekend in fair. went uh, sure. uh, to us it's huge i mean it's like every yeah. religious group under the sun every
1: Color Seems
0: like yeah, you just like there's all, every color under the sun, so sure. to speak, in terms yeah. of habits and garbs yeah. and different thing. Yeah. And a, a real, but preaching for the salvation of souls really is what kind of yeah. stuck out to you. And yeah. did you know anything about saint? saint Dominic's? Not necessarily a well-known saint, yeah. He's per not. Se, but yeah, but yeah. was there some aspect of his story or? or um, perhaps another, I mean, sometimes other folks are a life of a particular Dominican saint that really sure. resonated with you. Sure,
1: or? sure, sure. Well, I think with St. Dominic and also St. Thomas Aquinas there, yes. you know, Saint we refer to St. Dominic as the ivory of chastity. Mm-hmm. And uh, St. Thomas Aquinas was also, you know, a huge sort of icon of chastity. And yeah. so... Um, that I think was what was really attractive to me is, nice. that, is that, that there was an emphasis on on uh, purity, mm-hmm. an emphasis on really giving yourself to the Lord in such a way that you y- you know you hold nothing back. Yeah, and so that that really struck a chord with me. Yeah, and then also the, the white, you know, the, the whites yeah. of, of of the habit, and it was just. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that's what kind of drew me to it's a It's a Cadillac fact. of habits. Let's it's not be <laughs> right. right? Yes. Let's not yeah. demur here, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: With the white and the black, the white and the black. Come yeah. on now, absolutely stylish. Yeah. So stylish. That's it. actually Always. what
1: I based my whole decision. on. <laughs> it was what the fashion. What am I, I going to wear for the rest of my life? That is what drove me here. Yeah. Exactly. No,
0: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Are you part? Of, were you part of the angelic warfare? Uh, I did. Know? I was
1: enrolled uh, while I was at Franciscan University. And maybe
0: just for for others that not. Once again, we I certainly myself tried to promote it and make it aware, but not everyone's aware. What is the angelic warfare confraternity?
1: Yeah. So the angelic warfare confraternity is, uh, uh, I guess you would call it a, a fraternity yeah. of men and women, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, I know, I would say. who are um, enrolled in kind of like this, this unified, brotherhood or mm-hmm. sisterhood or whatever, to pray for purity and chastity mm-hmm. in in each one of our individual lives, but also collectively for each other and for the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's based off of uh, Thomas Aquinas, mm-hmm. Prayers to Thomas Aquinas, yeah. who was, as I said before, a, a huge sort of icon of chastity. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the story. I love the story. Tell the story. I'm probably, yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to get like holes in the story, but I believe oh, no Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Brother Thomas is what I like to call him. Since yeah. Okay. You know, we're <laughs> in the order. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brother Thomas. He's, yeah. um, he was uh, wanted to become a Dominican. Mm-hmm. His family didn't like that because uh, the Dominican order was a mendicant order, so very poor and very humble. Yeah. They wanted him to be like a really great abbot in like a benedictine monastery or something like That's that. That's right. And so uh, his family actually had captured him away and kind of kept him locked up in the tower and uh, really wanted to sort of break his promise to Christ that he was going to be pure and chaste and give his entire self over to um, to Jesus Christ it's crazy in my mind he captured like his brothers captured him right yeah put him in a tower yeah it sounds sounds totally medieval (laughs) yeah
0: exactly it sounds like (laughs) a medieval fairy tale or something right he's like locked away in a castle yes
1: (laughs) and they uh, they sent uh, lots of temptations to him you know sent his brothers to really try to convince him to not be a Dominican or whatever Mm -hmm. and then they ultimately send him a prostitute Mm -hmm. uh, whom he chases away with, uh, with a burning rod yeah and um and because he was so victorious in overcoming temptation in mm-hmm. such a, in such a you know striking way, yeah, uh, he was girded with a white cord, allegedly by angels, two angels, yeah. and he had this this white cord was a symbol of his promise to God, a symbol of chastity in his life, also yeah. penitential in a way. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure it, I'm sure it hurt his waist. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and. Uh, yeah, and so he, so that was that's kind of where uh, the Angelic Warfare Fraternity kind of comes from. Everyone who's enrolled in the fraternity, we either wear a similar cord, uh-huh. a very small one around yeah. our waist, with fifteen knots representing fifteen Hail Marys uh-huh. and we pray for chastity
0: every day. Every day. Yep, fifteen Hail Marys. Fifteen Hail Marys. That's part of every the responsibility uh, or the the um, uh, what you take on in terms sure, of sure, yeah, the, absolutely, the promise, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and. Uh, yeah, you either wear that or, or a medal with depicting that image of Thomas Aquinas being yeah. girded by the by the angels. um by the angels. Yeah. Yeah, and that and yeah, you make a promise to to pray uh every day uh these prayers, you know, for for your own personal purity. Yeah. Um, but also and it's very important for me to remember that we're praying for the purity of others cuz everyone's yeah. struggling in a different way and sure. so I might be in the midst of great victory in my life. Yeah. But what about someone who's really really struggling? Yep. You know. You know, purity is a huge a huge struggle for people today in yeah. our pornographic culture. Sure. And so we need prayer, and prayer is, you know, extremely powerful.
0: No, for sure. No, and I, I, I love the fact that it, it respond. I mean, this is a medieval, you know, grouping or confraternity or kind of a spiritual club, if spiritual you will, club, yeah. so to speak. But what a relevant in our over-sexualized world, what a relevant yeah. devotion that says, Okay, when, especially in a hyper sexualized kind of culture, we can't but help be infected by it or be, you know, sure. desensitized absolutely. to it. And so, one of our greatest, if you will, weapons or, or strengths that we have is the power of prayer, not just personally, but knowing that we're connected together as a group and that you're praying for me, you're praying for yeah, the absolutely. brotherhood, you're praying for yeah. all, we're praying for each other, right? We're yeah. supporting each other. If there's, you know, amidst, uh, you know, Temptations, or or a sense of um, being isolated or disconnected from that. Ooh, I've got your back, right? Yeah, <laughs> spiritually speaking. Yes. That's why I love that confraternity. So yeah. certainly, and I I know you uh, have been enrolled. But if you'd like to be enrolled, this is just a little little public uh, service <laughs> announcement. Yes. You can do it through St. Dominic's. We I I, I I enroll people probably. Uh, once, once every other month or so, I would say, just maybe every six weeks, someone will, sure. will will hear about it, and then I'll personally enroll it. Anyone Dominican can enroll you Dominican priest, yeah. um, in terms of getting connected, and there's an enrollment that's kept uh, not here. Our our um, person who's in charge of that at a province level um, is uh, Unipra Hanna, uh, brother brother uh, Peter Hannah. Okay. Um, yeah. But but in this it kind of it's like the, uh, the different different confraternities can fall to any one of the Dominicans to do the blessing for the prayers yeah. and things like that. But if certainly it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, very relevant and very absolutely. powerful, powerful yeah, devotion. So preaching for the salvation of the soul of, of souls yes. uh, at a Franciscan context, and then moving the making Father Steve Reeves our vocation director who's been on the podcast a few times yeah. and, and then coming. And how is this maybe just give just, uh, just briefly uh, a sense of, because the year is almost your your year of novitiate, which is very—I mean, for myself, just a powerful spiritual year of discernment and of prayer. If you had to kind of summarize it, or, or let someone from the outside a little bit of a glimpse in the inside, how has that been for you? What's your experience been with the with with your 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 novice year? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think um, you know, really experiencing God's providence. Mm-hmm. Because you come here and you're not 100% sure if this is what God wants for you. You're not 100% sure, sure. if this is what you want for you. Sure. You know, but uh, the Lord made connections all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just trusted it. And that kind of being here, you kind of see how, how he's led you here. Yeah. And you kind of have to trust that. You yeah. Know, you, you trust that God has sort of orchestrated, you know, the, the community life the you know, the particular people you're with. Yeah. Uh, that the time, you know, that, you know, this time in my life is, is, um, as a young man, uh, as we said before, you know there's a lot of temptation in the world. But stepping away from that and, and kind of stepping into the life of a of a novice has been really enriching for me. And uh, specifically here at Saint Dominic's, you know the the parish life is just uh, is just amazing. And so being able to connect with people and and you know see people re- be received into the church, it's just it's just all these things are just they really fire me up. You, nice. know, you know for the charism for preaching and and that's what has really been on my heart is just You know, really realizing that, you know, I joined for the charism and it's really becoming more and more sealed on my heart that this is something I'm passionate about, something that I want to do, something that I feel ultimately God is doing. Yeah, And I think that's, and seeing that, seeing that, seeing God at work and recognizing that, I think that's been my novitiate year.
0: Nice. So just uh, that sense of seeing in action, get the Lord working Mm -hmm. uh, in the parish and in the ministry that we're doing um, has, uh, I know because novitiate year sometimes people either love it, it's a challenge or it's a little bit in between uh, kind of the intentional prayer life because in Mm -hmm. terms of like doing the office for the first time sure. in a very structured kind of way. Mm-hmm. How's your experience of, well, both prayer and community? Uh, we we'll maybe say a word about each one because those are anchors community. of our So, So first of all, yeah. the prayer life. So we, yeah, as, as I know, I've had someone tell me early on when I was trying to describe my division to them, I'm like, well, you guys pray a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, really, you know, everything Everything comes, everything that we do as a Dominican and I would argue as a Christian comes down to prayer. Yeah. You know, Christ himself would always go out, you know, into the hills or whatever. The desert, right? The The, desert Like you said, the desert. And that's because nothing that we do as Christians or especially as Dominicans, as religious, is going to be worthwhile without prayer. Yeah. And so that's the reason why we go through such great lengths to make our prayer life, you know, a very firm, angry habit. Yeah. as, as a novice and then hopefully carry that on as we, as we move on. And, uh, you know, what I love about the divine office is that here again, I'm not just praying for myself, I'm praying for the whole church. Yeah. And so when I'm reading a Psalm, that's just, you know, it's talking about extreme suffering and abandonment or whatever, I might not feel like that, but I know that there are certainly people in the world who Mm. are feeling like that and may not, you know, have a community to pray the divine office with, or may not have someone to, to pray for them. And so that gives me all the more, um, all the more, you know, sort of awareness and, and strength in, in, in giving my all in, into the prayer life. Yeah. You know, to, to know that I'm not just praying uh, for myself, but I'm praying as the church for the church. And the, so that's... The that's communal the,
0: dimension already the communal right there. The communal dimension,
1: yeah, which is very, very important.
0: What would, what would you say, so, because you were part of that RCA kind of wrap-up. Sure, uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So And they, I had folks comment on that, and basically just that sense of, okay, I'm just coming to church, or just anyway, frankly, for anyone... I need to pray more. Like who? Who of us doesn't say, "Yeah, I'm pr- probably praying too much." Like most of us say it the other way around. Like I'd mm-hmm. like to be more intentional in prayer. More. What would you? What would you say is maybe a principle or one one thing they could do to kind of deepen, begin, or take the next step in terms of prayer that you found helpful for you during next, this? Yeah. In terms of your novitiate year, what, what what kind of principle or advice, maybe even practical advice? Yeah. In taking that next step, yeah. what might have you? Well, suggest? I think
1: just uh, you know. Following the example of our Lord, yeah. you have to find a place that, that allows you some solitude and some silence. It's mm. really, you know, sort of, uh, you know, run away with the Lord and find yeah. a place where you can really open up your heart to him. Ultimately, prayer is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, our relationship with God should be, should be human. That's why Christ became human. Yeah. And so to really, you know, talk to him like a friend. Yeah. And, um, also, you know, to have scripture handy. Yeah. And uh, the most important thing I would say is if you are able to try to find a church and pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament, there's a real awesome grace that's there. I mean, He's there. Yeah. You know, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so how can we um, not grow in prayer if we're, you know, if we're sitting in front of God Himself? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say find some solitude if you can in church. And it's just to, to make your prayer down to earth. Yeah. And to just really be open with the Lord. If you're angry be angry be real be real you know, <laughs> if you're angry be angry you're, if sad, you're, you're, sad. If you're sad you're sad you yeah. you're joyful be joyful you yeah. know you, you take all these things to the lord and you, you know a lot of people always ask the question why god why yeah well ask him there you go you know why not <laughs> you know and, and see what comes in your life you might see him actually you know sort of give you that answer in scripture that you might be reading or in certain events that might take place in your life you start to realize oh, this is why yeah this is why i'm suffering or this is why this happened or you
0: there, there's no um aspect of our life i guess what you're saying which is off limits from being the context or the fodder for prayer absolutely yeah. right there's no there's nothing yeah. so there's, there aren't like you know, prayers not just kind of like, you know, disinfected <laughs> kinds of it, like, Oh, Lord only wants to hear about blessings and joy and sure, light yeah. and all the rest. Yeah. You know, I know when every time we pray the those prayers where David is like, basically metaphorically shaking his fist at God, I yeah. think, I think this is in the Bible. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it says that, yeah, there's no, there no yeah. bad emotions. Aren't good or bad. Right. Yeah, and, they they're can, not. and they can be the jumping can, off of prayer.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's no better place to take your emotions yeah. to, than to the Lord, because, mm-hmm. you know, he can take it. Yeah. You know, he can take it. You know, if you're, a, <laughs> he understands. And he, he's, you know, he's. That's he's why he's God. God. That's why he's God. Exactly. Yeah. That's why he's God. That's yeah. why he makes the big money. Yeah, exactly, right? He's yeah. God. He can,
0: he can wait. Yes. Yeah. I, I love how you say it, because one time I was like, I'm so angry at God. And the response is like. Okay, yeah, I think God can take it. He's, yeah, he's, he's absolutely. Not, his your anger is not going to destroy his it's not. his, his it's grandeur not. and it's his not. blessing, and, and he's understanding.
1: Yeah, I think that's the other thing to yeah. mention is that God is yeah. extremely understanding. Yeah, he understands our pain. He's yeah. not he's not this being who kind of stands off and watches everything happen. He mm. watches with you, mm. and he feels it. He can feel the anger. Yeah, even if, it's, you're, even if you're angry at God for yeah. something, uh, you know, he he understands that pain. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross for us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, there's no greater person there's no greater thing to do than to take your your all your whole life to god yeah and to present it to him in just a real and raw way just you know hey god this is this is what's going on in my life and this is what i need help with and just be real with him and he, yeah he yeah not only can he take it but he also understands
0: yeah and i get a sense that even for yourself you know mentioning that certainly with your uh family situation and the suffering there and that mm-hmm. sense of both loss and and uh, you know even feelings of of anger or abandonment that uh, were there that sense that the Lord didn't abandon you but it called you forth exactly. from that from that yeah. as you say from exactly. the desert from the desert from, yeah. from Alpine Texas right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. from that desert but but that but he's called you to to preach for salvation of souls yeah and that is probably one of the highlights of vocational physics, if you will, that God doesn't choose us because necessarily we're so perfect or holy mm-hmm. or that you yeah. have some, you, you didn't wake up, you know, neither of us woke up at this like wonderful predilection for being yeah. outstanding preachers or holy men, but Absolutely, that yeah. it was in our weakness, mm-hmm. it was in our brokenness, Absolutely. it was in our fragility, it was in, yes. like God called us mm-hmm. to minister to all the rest who are in that sure. same position. sure. Yeah, no, no, that's a beautiful, it's just for those, especially when we think that we have to come from a position of strength to be instruments of God's strength. Yeah. And it's actually the other way around. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. And you've had that experience. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: definitely had that experience in my life where, you know, I'm by no means perfect. You know, I was raised, yes, by a very faithful Catholic family, but, you know, things were not always perfect in my family. Obviously my relationship with my father was never perfect. I've made many mistakes in my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm also not the most intellectual or, or whatever, but, uh, you know, God, God calls people yeah, and he qualifies them yeah. and, and he's, and it really, it's just like the gospel says, you know, he, he will show his power through the weakness of others yeah. and, and, and to learn how to be vulnerable and humble in your own weakness to say, you know, actually, I, I don't, I'm not really great at life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you don't have it all figured out. I don't yet. have it all figured out, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I'm not by no means perfect and by no means holy but god works through that because he can he knows that through your own brokenness through your own weakness yeah uh, you can actually become a greater witness to his to his power and to his into his light so
0: nice and I, I love that little that like little god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies. He qualifies those, the call. The call, right? So you've got that little, yeah. that that kind of that resonance, and it's it's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, you look, you name, you name those God calls from the prophets to I mean Abraham, sure. Moses, any Absolutely. of the prophets, the 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 the, the great saints, Saint mm-hmm. Paul himself. You know, they they all start with that sense of feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I remember Moses was like, Lord, I can't do this. I, I stutter. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah well, it's a d'Aaron, <laughs> you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll equip you with what you need in, in yeah. various ways. So, yeah. So, had, this is, yeah. If <laughs> I
1: had a penny for every time I told God I can't yeah. do this, yeah, I'm not the one. Yeah. I would be, I would be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. yet, here you are. And yet, here I am. And here poor. you are. <laughs> <laughs> Living poverty. <laughs> Living poverty.
0: <laughs> Living poverty yeah. and, and following the Lord. What's up with that time? Well, fantastic. Well, I'd be remiss, though, if, 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 uh, if I didn't ask you, I'd like to ask uh, from time to time. Fun facts. Yeah, sure. sure. All right. So, Brother Diego Maria, what is something that perhaps not
1: many people know about you that it's... That would be interesting to know. Yeah. So actually, fun fact, I yeah. lived in Scotland, in the highlands of Scotland for a whole year.
0: Can you do a Scottish
1: accent? Uh, not, <laughs> not really. Not, no, okay. Not, not okay. Okay. Good, okay. Think, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I lived in Scotland for years as, as a lay missionary. Okay. I lived with a Catholic lay community called Craig Lodge Family House of Prayer. Okay. And it was a retreat house uh, where they invite young people from all over the world to live a year in this house and to kind of we kind of lived like a, like a pseudo religious life. We prayed the office together and we uh, did a lot of evangelization uh, going out to the different schools and the, different places and preaching the gospel. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, and we also did a lot of manual labor, taking care of the house and things like that. And so it was off in the in the highlands of Scotland. Yeah. And uh, just a beautiful, you know, as we've been talking about, kind of, you know, stepping out of the world yeah. kind of experience. It was by no means the desert, but it was just, you know, the highlands and the, the cold. and Scottish the, highlands. The sheep. And it was very, it was very beautiful. It was a very formative experience for me. Nice. Uh, helped me learn how to just trust in God. Hmm. And uh, that was really where I discerned uh, going to Franciscan University, and, and sort of really kind of felt like you know I think God's calling me to um, to the religious life or you know, to the priesthood. And so that's that was really You've that a, time was. Yeah. You've got a Scottish heart. You've got a Scottish so heart, laddie. Scottish heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice yeah. Scottish yeah.
0: heart. Yeah, <laughs> and and you mentioned that, I mean you know kind of the Mexican Hispanic background. Yeah, uh, you got a little fusion there. Do you have a favorite sure. food?
1: I have a favorite food? Well, ah, that's so what hard. Is what
0: does grandma? What, what did grandma make? That's that that takes you right back to the. Yeah. Uh, so
1: my favorite, my favorite dish, dish yeah. is is uh, menudo. Really? Or pozole.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, the, describe for not everyone necessarily. Know. Yeah. What's, so ba- what's menudo?
1: Yeah. So basically, menudo is like a um, it's like a Mexican stew. It's a chili, red chili based stew, with hominy, which is basically like oversized corn. Yeah. And uh, beef tripe.
0: And tripe is. Beef guts. Guts. So funny, bro, uh, brother Gregory loves to make it, but it was just recently yeah. where where he did they didn't have the thing and and he, he was uh, he learned that it, it was made out of beef guts. He was just making it out of like just pork, just yeah. pork yeah. shoulder or yeah. something. Yeah. I said no, bro, it's it's yeah.
1: it's stomach lining. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you make it out of if you make it out of just the pork yeah. Like meat, you yeah, know, meat, like yeah. regular meat or whatever, yeah. beef yeah. or chicken, yeah. then it's it's called posole. Oh, it's so posole. Okay, both kind of have the same flavor, gotcha. but, but the, the tripe definitely the tripe itself have, yeah. definitely has its own kind of flavor to
0: the... and texture for sure and texture. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah but, um, so he's been making you know. pozole all these years. He didn't even know it. He
1: didn't know it. No, he didn't know it. <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: Cause I told him, I said, well, where'd you get, where'd you get the tripe? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm just <laughs> like, I just I okay, get the pork, the regular pork shoulder or, yeah. or pork butt, which is not much shoulder, but, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but you know, I just tried the authentic. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure uh, that's, you know, when we grow up, we have a kinship or at least uh, an affinity for for moms or grandmas yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> to favorite yeah. dishes favorite yeah. dishes although I'm glad that the the dessert I made the other day it passed the, oh, the yeah. seal of approval the leche
1: oh yes yeah the, the, the five leche <laughs> cake cinco, yes cinco uh, leche oh yes no it was very good absolutely delicious
0: <laughs> yeah. you, you had some good uh, <laughs> you had some so some good suggestions for how, how to even bring it to another place <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. stuff so. so fantastic well it was wonderful to have you uh, join us and um, in terms of uh, going going forward after this novitiate year, Mm -hmm. then the expectation then is, over to the house of studies. Yes, God willing, and then yes. God willing, and yeah, uh, yeah. and and then uh, you know wherever the Lord calls you. Is there something yeah. you see yourself in the future in terms of ministry? Anything that particularly calls to you? At least that I mean how can who knows at this point? But I mean in terms yeah. of like in terms of desire for preaching or teaching or or yeah, you know I
1: think I think what what what's the most what's on my heart the most yeah. is to be a true shepherd of souls. Yeah, right? to be yeah. A, to be a priest. Yep, and to be. um, You know, available to people in such a way that that I can you know enter into their lives and help them find healing through the sacrament of confession or through the sacrament of the Eucharist, and so that's really what I'm. That's kind of really what I'm excited about is to journey with people and to you know to be a a pastor or shepherd and uh, to really lead people to Christ.
0: Amen. (laughs) No, we need we need more shepherds. (laughs) We need folks (laughs) doing that. So so may God continue to bless you. Keep, brother uh, Diego. Maria, in your prayers, as um, certainly you'll keep all of us here at St. Dominic's uh, in our prayers going forward. And I hope uh, this moment uh, of of conversation that we've had today uh, truly has been edifying and illuminative and that everything you do this week might truly radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen?
1: Amen.